Welcome to the Crack House Podcast, here live at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy right here in Phoenix, Arizona. This episode is brought to you by Mark Silverstein, Photography and Videography. And as always, Big Pine Comedy Festival this September 19th through the 22nd in Flagstaff, Arizona. Now to your host, Matt Broom. How you doing, buddy? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking, Jack. You look amazing. How are you? I feel always fantastic. That is Jack Galvin, people, the other co-host to the Crack House podcast. That is I. And he's here with us. Not only is he here, Rick Bronson himself is here as well for this episode. Yes, he is. But he's not here right now. Because he's working. He's making money. He's doing things. He's big. You know, but we do have another guy here. We do have Mike Malone, my very, very good friend and travel buddy, Mike Malone. I mean, this guy was super funny. Buck, what did you think of Mike Malone? Oh, I love him. Producer Buck. Oh, yeah. Columbus, Ohio guy. Oh, I lived in Ohio for a bit. Lima. No one knows. Yeah, well, I'm from Lima, but I told <laughs> I lived in Columbus for a while. People have heard of that one. That's true. They have heard of that one. This guy, and though. You guys are the same people. And Buck also does improv just like Mike does because they always want to pretend to be someone else because they want to get the hell out of Lima. So <laughs> exactly. That is exactly. how that works. And I, I, I got to actually watch Mike Malone a few times on stage before this, and this guy is hilarious. I mean, I'm crying. He's a crusher. Him. His, his ability... To his facial expressions. I mean, he's he's so energetic and animated on stage. I, I loved him. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Malone. And so it shall begin. Producer Felix says thumbs up, so With that's good three. enough for me. If he has enough time to be eating Chick-fil-A while producing this show, one, we know it can't be that difficult to get an, an audio engineering degree. But that's all <laughs> and, and two, uh, kudos to you for thinking of being smart enough to actually bring Chick-fil-A with you. And by the way, for anyone doing Weight Watchers freestyle points out there, uh, the nuggets, not bad on the uh, Chick-fil-A. Really? Just, if you, for four of them, four points. And that's not bad. The, the grilled can, or the... No, the actual... The actual bread the good ones. Okay. And by the way, if anyone's eating a grilled chicken nugget, really, fuck you. <laughs> Honest to God, what the hell is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Just eat a chicken breast, you asshole, and cut it into five pieces. Why are they even serving grilled chicken breast? Anyhow, I'm Rick Bronson. Welcome to the Crack House Podcast. Yes, Filled finally. Downtown. Yeah, we finally have an actual name we can say. It's the Crack House Podcast <laughs> and recorded and brought to you live in the beautiful uh, North, North Phoenix, North Valley downtown, if you will, studios of the House of Comedy Comedy Club on High Street in the Desert Ridge area. Sitting to my right is uh, Mr. Jack Galvin. Jack, good to see you again. How good. are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you guys doing? I am doing well, and I know we're missing our, our third uh, partner on this podcast. <laughs> but we'll be talking about him shortly. But more importantly, let me uh, please introduce uh, the man of the hour. Uh, thrilled to have him back. Uh, I was just commenting, I haven't seen this gentleman since he had previously played here. And that might have been yeah. even two times ago. I think I it might have been two times ago, one yeah. Time, two times ago. Uh, but truly, uh, one, one of the best crowd-pleasing comics I know of, and I'm not saying that because you're sitting across me, Michael. It's one of the reasons why I know my wife loves bringing you back all the time. <laughs> uh, but our headliner this week at the House of Comedy... 
And if you can't see him this week or you're hearing us out of this market, uh, I highly recommend go see this man when he comes to your local comedy club in your town, Mr. Michael Malone. Michael, Thank welcome. You. Thank you for having me. I'm such a great intro now. I feel I'm a little good, bashful huh? now. Hey. <laughs> when he's not here, there's just no intro. Right. It's just <laughs> like, oh, we got a guy. Well, <laughs> let's get started. The difference is, it's funny, I always tell the guys, hey, guys, do the intro. I need you to interview the comics when they come to town, have these interviews. And they're always a little trepidatious about doing it. I go, you're professional comedians. You speak for a living. All right. I'm asking you to do is have the type of conversation you would have with a headliner or any act just with microphones on in front of you. The conversation goes always great. It's just that first little bit. It just doesn't. It's oh, just the first, yeah. It just doesn't have his feel to it. I, I just can't come in <laughs> well, hot like that ma- to the ma- crack oh, house right. place, Michael. Ma- maybe part of it is from I, I do have obviously a long background in doing these type of things with the, having done the travel show for years. So we always did the streeter stuff. So you right, get yeah. very used to. And I, I will say this: if you want to get good at interviewing anybody. Do streeters, do rank, because if you can interview someone you don't know or you're literally just meeting at that moment, you can interview anybody. Yeah, it takes all that fear away or like what's going to happen or whatever. Yeah, it's like when I tell, uh, when, when stand-ups are always like, what can I do to get better and stuff, I always uh, uh, always suggest improv. Even if you're not interested in improv, even if you don't ever want to do improv again, but improv takes away a little bit of that fear, a little bit of that what if. What if somebody yells at me? What if somebody heckles me? What if something happens? What, it, improv makes you comfortable with silence. It relieves you of that stress of having to be like, on all the time because you're relying on other people and it, it allows you and it's all about listening so when somebody does heckle or yell out instead of like attacking them like a <laughs> like a substitute teacher like that's it everybody you know <laughs> or, and, or telling them to call them daddy right <laughs> yeah. exactly then exactly. <laughs> it's uh it, it you know it puts everybody on the defense and they don't realize that instead it, improv teaches you to listen so you, instead you you get them to hang themselves pretty much you get them to like talk to you talk to you talk to you and then you hit them with the punches and now you're the the good guy uh, who's and everybody's on your side and this guy's an asshole who keeps interrupting the show. (laughs) Did you actually did you have improv training? Did you start an improv or did you start as a stand-up? I started as a stand-up, got approached by an improv troupe because I was so expressive on stage. Oh, you're Uh, very, I mean, we were, I was going to get to that uh, of course. I mean, that's the one (laughs) downfall about a guy like you doing a podcast, Michael is people will never get the opportunity to truly appreciate. I mean, you have uh, I mean, I I hate saying other artists' names, but you have a Carrie S to you a Jimmy, I mean, the way you can manipulate your lot, face. Yeah. You really are great with facials. You're great with your eyes. You're great with your body. I mean, you're this, it pisses me off. Stick <laughs> of a, I mean, he can pretty much bend himself into any position. <laughs> He's 88 pounds. Uh, but so, yeah, tell me a bit about the improv beginning. So yeah. our, our, so where, where did you start your stand-up? Uh, in Ohio. Uh, so Columbus, the, the mecca of stand-up comedy of course, there because yeah, of yeah, Dave yeah. Stroop's uh, realm there. And so there's, there's tons of clubs there. Right? And, and the Midwest is a great place to start stand-up comedy because there's you know, 12 A rooms within a five-hour drive. You have Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus. I did Second City, and I just did UCB out in Los Angeles there for a little bit. I mean, the training's phenomenal. It's, uh, it's and, great. And even if you never are in an improv troupe in your life and you're just a stand-up or you're an actor, it is unbelievable what you can learn from just some of the games that have been creative through Improv Olympics and uh, yeah. and all the sporting events that go a- a- along with it. And so it, how, it, how deep into it were you? Were you pretty uh, serious? So I got in the improv group and we and I was thrown into this work because they'd already been together for a few years and they're already touring all the funny bones and improvs and colleges and this and that and so I was working with guys who were already in their 30s 40s <laughs> and I was 21 <laughs> and so I did the circuit with them and learned a, a lot and then I was still doing stand-up on the side uh, and then um, got into the UCB in Chicago trained there for a little bit 
and then uh, the group broke up, and I did corporate for a little bit, and it was okay. It was great money. Made money, yeah. yeah. and then I went to just full-on stand-up for a while, and by that time, I already had enough time to feature, So, and I was already, with that improv background, I was already so comfortable on stage and so great with the crowds that it was like, oh, this guy can feature, whatever. Yeah. So it allowed me to kind of skip that whole emceeing section, and so then I went on to feature, and, uh, and I taught improv for a little bit, and then I moved out to Los Angeles and kind of caught that bug again about, Man, I, I miss going to the US. I miss doing improv. You know, I went to the, uh, you know a few shows and was like, ah, man, I want to do this again. So I, I went to the UCB. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I call an old friend. I'm what sorry, are you doing? doing? I'm sorry. I, I heard another <laughs> voice on <laughs> I'm sorry. Hang on. Uh, Felix, can we get an audio check? We, is there a way to kill one of the mics that got hot? Um, Producer Felix is looking into that jack as we speak. Uh, he just sat down. Um, uh, we're, I walked we're, in on facials, so I'm, I didn't want to say anything. I had to learn what was going on. All I heard was, you're good at facials. Like, he's, a, he's a busy guy. The only he's facial that you're going to see is my fist in that face. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, so stop thinking sexually. Um, Matt Broom has joined us, and thank you for gracing I'm us with so your so presence, you be here, your majesty. You. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been up all night. Of course you're up vehicle. all night. Should I be telling everyone why you're up all night? Well, I mean, I think people know. But, everyone uh, knows, sure. Everyone facials? Matt, Matt is up a lot of due to facials, sure. When you got two to do a night, I mean, yeah, it's going to eat and into the Two different the beds, which is very hard on your back. Two very different beds. That, that can't be good on the back. Well, it's a rotation. Uh, Matt Broom, who is uh, typically our third wheel on the uh, on the uh, Crack House podcast here. Yeah, Matt, wheel. you weren't even here for the, the introduction wheel. of the unveiling of the name of the podcast. Because it's been, we've done about a 14, 15 episode episodes which we're releasing all at once and the uh, uh we've been uh, unnamed for all of them oh so really like, know that yes. you sir nice. have the distinguished great. honor nice. of being uh, the actual first guest on a real name a real name podcast it's a fun using. Hello I'm, to all the crackheads out there. I'm happy you're listening. <laughs> That's what we're Thank you. We've got crack. We, we this have, is why you're the front wheel. I right. see this yes, now. Yes. See? You, I'm more of a quit. training wheel is really what it is. We've, uh, we've come up with a few names for our audience, and so we're going to let them, uh, as we uh, get, get their our listenership involved, uh, let them participate. But we figure, I wanted to call them crackers. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that might offend some people of color. I don't want to. I agree right. with it. No, yeah, the, the colored people don't care at all. <laughs> we can call them crackers as much and, as we want. And then we thought crackheads. We thought maybe the girls are crack whores. We don't right, know. Yeah, we thought, exactly. But either way, we thought the crack house worked, and uh, and obviously we're, we uh, record the shows here at the House of Comedy, so it uh, it made sense. And there we go. It stuck. We're we're rolling with it, folks. So I the name it. sticks. You guys get to pick what you're called. Um, but uh, yeah, so Matt has joined us. We were getting caught up with. Uh, our headliner this week, Mr. Michael Malone, who, by the way, um, I'd like to point out the way professional comics work, he was here early for the podcast. <laughs> I'm having early. vehicle not, issues. Not on time, early. Ten minutes I, I was up all night going to Walmart, getting batteries and trying to get starters, and then and I that's was, how he and, gets the facials. Right. <laughs> First he picks up At the Walmart, yes. Gets the starters. <laughs> he had a normal, it's a large normal day for a normal human being is what you had. You right. just had to change a battery. That's all you had to do. You know, it's, uh, changing a battery seems very easy Unless you are, uh, you don't have YouTube. I'm not a man you can't at all. Figure that out? I am, I'm not the. I had no tools. I searched my house for like f- 
four hours searching just for a wrench. Yeah. Just a wrench. You know how hard it is to change a battery with a spatula? <laughs> <laughs> while, getting, while getting a pedicure? I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but look at these toes. Look at these toes. They're my Vegas toes. They walked in here late, those toes. Enough about the late guy. Let's get back to our featured guest here, Mr. Mr. Michael Malone. So, so Michael, yeah, so I'm intrigued. So you started at the Funny Bone with the stand-up, did the improv, went back to stand-up. How much... How much uh, acting have you done? As, because I always look at you and think, God damn, you should be in so much stuff. Yeah, I think the same thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then my second question is, why does he have the worst agent? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. Uh, I've done just, I started dabbling in it just a little bit here recently within the cap, uh, past couple of years. So I just did, uh, I did a horror comedy film called Chopping Block. It's up on Amazon. And then I... Uh, do, you, do, you like the, do you like the genre? Do you oh, like acting? Do you yeah, I love it? acting. Yeah, I love doing it. I, I wish I was doing it more. Um, I actually co-wrote and directed a little series called Bethlehem uh, about dysfunctional family that was falling apart or coming together for the holidays kind of thing and uh, took it around the festival market I think a year and a half ago or something like that and we got some really nice recognition we I think we brought home like 14 awards or something like that. It was crazy. Um, so how have we not followed that up? Right. <laughs> no, I'm so, serious. Like, what the hell? Like, so yeah, you so get that type of heat behind you. You are yeah. quickly making three more films or whatever. Well, I that's mean. what I'm working on. Another project now called Woe, and so I'm trying to get that all written and together and actually do like a, a, a film and take it out and with that a little bit of that heat. And um, I just wrapped on something for Comedy Central a couple weeks ago with Jenny Zagrino, who's wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, I love Jenny. She's so, so yeah, much she's fun. Terrific. She's so she's great. A, a regular at all of our rooms. Yeah, she's so great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she just has a series coming out. I don't know how much I can talk about it or not, but it's on Comedy Central. It's called Badass Bitches of History, and it's like Adam ruins everything, only she's hosting, and it's but it's like that pacing, and uh, she just does a bunch of like facts and stories of women throughout history that haven't been covered yet. And, uh, oh, that's cool. And I do that's a bunch neat. of different characters on there. And oh, that's like that. awesome. So, yeah, it was really Good fun. For you. Yeah. Um, so... Oh my God! So Matt, uh, folks, I I wish we were filming this. Oh my God! He shows up late, and then decides to spill his giant pop glass of Coke all over producer Felix's, Felix's expensive microphone cables. Can I get a wet nap, yeah. please? Can I get a I need a wet nap and a beach yeah. towel? Dear God. I see why you guys have him here. This is great. (laughs) Remember how well this was going before he got here? Pretty good. It was going pretty good. It was going... It was, it was in a great. Good, it was in a good place. What <laughs> the hell? It's gonna get in a better place. Well, let's we let's talk away. then. Let maybe let's we should, maybe we should direct this to Matt a little here. Um, what type of uh, what? First of all, I'm here because I'm best friends with our headliner. <laughs> best friends with the headliner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I watched your Facebook interview. <laughs> it was very distant. It was cold. That was your internet connection. That had nothing to do with us. <laughs> Mike, do you really have you known Matt for? Yeah, forever. Yeah, we've how, known how, him for, how did you meet this guy? Uh, at the uh, world famous comedy spot. Can you answer, and, uh, <laughs> can you answer something that both uh, Jack and I have been trying sure. to find? Out? Is he black or white? I don't know yet. Fuck. I keep waiting to find out. Nobody. I think knows he keeps it. He's area. a man of mystery. Great, he likes to it keep. Really it. is a man of mystery. We think no, it's we think Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does feel more whoppy than he does feel more urban. There's no question. 100%. Listen, I'm a hundred percent cracker because I'm at the crack. House, you are the crack house. <laughs> oh, no, sir. Living your life still, you, sir, are a crack whore. <laughs> so for sure. Two beds a night. That's how crack whores roll. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you start in the king, queen and then go to the king, or do you start in the king and go to the queen? Where do you go? <laughs> First sure. of all, they're both queens. <laughs> 
Oh, you're talking about the beds. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Both queens in our right. I think this is one of the things that actually I do love most about the brethren of stand-up comedy because only can four guys like uh, that are comics get together to go play an innocuous round of golf or even just get together and play cards or come over and watch a football game. And it turns into one of those four guys that day will take the lion's share of right. the 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. But at the same especially time, with comics. Especially with, I, I mean, yeah. completely with comics. But I think that's also one of the things that I love so much about the brethren of this industry. And I love even more today that our focus is Matt. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> of course you love this because you dish I'm always the butt of this thing. It's well, never, no. I mean, let's be honest. I'm usually the disher. I'm seldom yes. the dishy. But that's also because I'm an insult comic. And when you're an insult comic, you get pretty good at being the guy that, hey, other, other guy, You know, dishy is very <laughs> close to douchey. Dishy and douchey, very close, I, similar I, words. I can live with that. I can live with that. Do you recall, do you recall, uh, let me put it in these terms, do you recall ever being Michael, do you, were you ever the, uh, um, in the room, in that situation, where I'm sure we all were, uh, yeah. where you're the rookie comic and you're hanging out with the three veteran oh, comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, what what comes to mind when I set you up with that? It's, it goes back to those improv days with those veterans that I was touring with. I mean, I was I was just the new kid, you know what I mean? And so I was just getting shit on left and right and getting pranked and all that stuff, you know, everything that they do, you know. It, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not, not a whole lot of hazing goes on in comedy, um, but, you know, we, right, well, we do bust balls. Best, best comedy prank, you've, uh, let's do it this way, because oh, you've either been a part of Ooh. or that you've just simply heard about. Because some of us have obviously heard of betters than we can do ourselves because I just don't have the balls to pull I, off some of the crap my buddies I, have. I think the ultimate one is, of course, the John Fox. Not the booker in Seattle, but the comedian John Fox. Uh, the, the, because it goes all the way back to why you don't trust anything in the condos when you stay. Uh, he uh, came in a jar of mayonnaise and left it for the next guy <laughs> and put it back in the fridge and all the like, way back in the day. And that is where it stems from, the rule of, like, even if there's food in the condo, don't fucking touch it. <laughs> it's going to be sealed. Yes, it's, it's, if it does not have a plastic seal. You have no seal. idea See, what is going on in there. Maybe we offer better condos <laughs> or just bring in better acts. I don't, right. But I will say this much. The be, uh, I think our condos are held in high regard only yes. because I know there's several comics um, I remember once having to go fix the toilet at the uh, cl- uh, at the bathroom at the Edmonton condo and yeah. lift it off the top, only to see a pipe and about a half ounce that were taped up <laughs> to the top. So in other words, this guy was fine leaving the food for the yeah, eat my food next week, but do not fuck with my stash. This will be here for when I come back that, here a year from now. That is the great thing about comedy too is if you if you've been in condos enough, you know the right place. You're like it's so usually like, above the door. You know what I mean? Like Easter, <laughs> so like, every yeah, time you come in. Above this bridge, that, yeah. you're like, oh, there's uh, somebody left me a joint. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know this world yet. I really? Stay in a condo. So. I was staying in a condo one time, and it had this. Uh, there was a vase in the living room, and I remember I was sitting across uh, across the, uh, the, the the this vase. I've been there three or four days already, and I just happened to be sitting on the couch. And I see this vase from across the room, and it's about you know waist high or whatever. And there's nothing in this vase. It used to be. It looks like it's supposed to have flowers in it or something. And I'm like. What is this? this is a weird vase. I never noticed it before. I walk over and I look down into the vase and there's something at the bottom. And I'm like, what the hell is it? So I reach in the bottom and there is 
a bag of weed, papers, lighters, <laughs> like all this, just in this, like it was like, I remember being so terrified to reach in this thing. I was like, what is needles. this? <laughs> exactly. Use needles in the mouth. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> I believe that's the comedian Boy Scout kid, is it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes, it's, it was wonderful. Three bear magic. <laughs> it all had uh, Ari Shafir's like uh, logo, like stickers and stuff on it. So I don't know if it's Ari's or not, but they're Ar- definitely Ar- a Ar- fan. Ar- 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 <laughs> No way. I mean, even though there's been pot comics for years, you know, the Cheech and Chongs and the the, the Doug Bensons of the world, Ari Shafir was still the very first guy who I ever received a uh, personalized Ari Shafir grinder from. Really? Yeah. (laughs) He would sell grinders at his shows. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, you got to love that. Um, Well, I mean, we've all stayed in the club condos where we've been surprised by uh, what's there, what's not there. I mean, it's different now, though. Like, when you were staying in the condos, there was like Playboys underneath the mattress. <laughs> like we don't have that stuff anymore. Dead Playboys. <laughs> right. Right. When, you know, when I toured, they were still in black and white. Guys, I started in '85, '86. When I was doing my doing my B room touring, which was typically, as we all know, earlier in our careers, yeah. earlier in the late '80s and early '90s, um, I there, there were places where I would always one. Even if it was an eight-hour drive away, I would sometimes work it out that I would still, if I didn't have to be somewhere the next day on tour, I would drive back after the gig. Yeah. Or I've been some rooms where they say, you know, you're staying here and there's no choice, and you bring like your own pillowcase in there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and that's the worst way to tour, dude. Weird. But I will say this much. It's what truly does make an artist. An artist is not an artist unless they've had hardship and failure. I'm that's, sorry. That's what's wrong with those YouTube generate. These guys are headlining now because of their YouTube videos, and you're like, you haven't stayed, and you haven't put the work, you haven't earned it that's yet. That's part of them. <laughs> and the people that are in that same category are these contest winners. Yeah, a, yeah. a 12-year-old just won America's Got Talent. She gets her own show in Vegas. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Come yeah. on. You should be old enough to do cocaine if you're doing shows in Vegas. <laughs> I was doing cocaine yeah, at 12. Were you <laughs> You he are black. black. <laughs> <laughs> Figured it out. Uh, that was so <laughs> Wow. Thank you. Uh, you almost put that grapefruit on the T-ball dinner for us. I was saying it. Uh, we were down in Florida when I was first starting out, and we we drove from Indiana down to Florida. My buddy DJ Dangler and I, who's a super funny comic, and yes, that's his real name. And so we we're down in Florida doing these terrible shows, and we get to the hotel, and it's one of these places that like there's not even doors on some of the rooms. You know what I mean? Nobody speaks English. It's one of these places, and we go in. I check into my room. He checks into his, and uh, and I call him. And I'm looking around the room, and I call him. And I go, Hey man, there's ants crawling out of my sink. And I go, I don't know if I can stay here. And he goes, hold on a minute. I'm counting all the cigarette burns in my comforter. (laughs) (laughs) We slept in the car that night (laughs) in Florida. Oh, well, thank God it was at least Florida. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's warm enough to sleep outside. Oh, yeah, fuck God. It. Uh, by, do you remember how many there were, by chance? Uh, there were 17. 17. 17, 17 holes. Oh, that still had a few good years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought you were going to have... Do you remember who books then? <laughs> that no, no. like my type he, of life. He will be asking you that off the air. There's no question. He's thinking he's a shoo in There's no question. I know Mike Malone. <laughs> BFF. Dot, dot, dot. So are you, you live in L.A. now, though, and you have yeah. been for a while, right? Yeah, I've been out there for about four and a half years, something like that. Yeah. And you, your family's still all back in Ohio? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
most uh, mostly all dead, but yes, now <laughs> family's back there. They're not moving much. Yeah, <laughs> speaking do, of do speaking you get of back there though, like is it? Yeah, every once in a while, I'd go back for the holidays here and there. Uh, my girlfriend still has family in Indiana, so we spend a lot of time there. And um, she's working on a show in New York right now, and so I'm back and forth so in New York and LA, now. which is great. Which is fun yeah, way to live, best. but it's also an exhausting way to live too. Yeah, and it's you know you, you, when you're when you're in a relationship for a while, we've been together almost eight years now, and you you have that kind of itch of being like, man, I kind of miss having my own place and this and that and then like she took a job in new york and had to move immediately and so we've been living separately and now it's like the first few days are great you're like this is gonna be awesome you're playing playstation you're ordering chinese food like oh, no, <laughs> a, i can do whatever i want like day four you're really, there's no one here cleaning this yes, shit up <laughs> day four you're like somebody should definitely be here <laughs> yeah i, I should not I, be left alone i thought i owned the magic table i used to leave my pizza box on there exactly. and my plates and my cu- i wake up in the morning and it vanished <laughs> and now just like there's people that do that shit. <laughs> this is pretty lonely. This what happened with magic <laughs> under toilet paper? <laughs> this Honey. <is> terrible. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, eight years. How co- is she uh, not threatening you to pull the trigger? What, uh, what the hell's going on we're there? Engaged. Is it a touchy subject uh, to be talking about. No, no. We're engaged. We just, you know, taking our time. It's a seven year uh, engagement. It's yeah. Been, <laughs> you've been engaged for a while? Like is it just a- uh two years. Two years. Two years. So yeah. So, so we're just uh yeah. So exactly. are her parents pressuring for a wedding, or is there any? No, but they're very, I mean, they're very Midwestern. Uh, so, let's just say that. They're, so, our so dad. They, so they want the wedding. Yeah. Summer yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, um, Dad owns a cattle farm in Indiana, the whole deal. And, uh, and you'll always eat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. They ship us, I mean, freezer fulls of That's food. Steak. It's yes. amazing. It's probably better than I'm not sure if you're aware but cattle are different than horses. <laughs> I was sure talking to this horse that. group that was here the other night, and I talked to him during the show. And afterwards, I'm talking to him, and I go, like, "My uh, my my father-in-law, uh, uh, he raises cattle." And they're like, "Cows are different than horses." <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> yeah, this guy was just like, no, "Cows are different." And I'm like, yeah, "They're Thank much you. slower. You can Thank still you. ride them, but I don't, I don't know about that. I because uh, I have a uh, I have a pretty uh, slick Jaguar out there, mm-hmm. and it's about 850 cow power. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. That's pretty like up. That thing moves. <laughs> Um, and sorry. that is why <laughs> it was better for the first 12 minutes. <laughs> Dear God, did we just do a pun on the crack house? Look, There's no about- puns in the crack house. <laughs> I love it. I don't, I don't even know what to do. Still catching up. Yeah. We're, you're, we, uh, it's going to take a long fucking time. <laughs> oh, God. A long time. When I went back to Indiana after I proposed to her, I talked to her father, and we're sitting at dinner, and we're having family dinner or whatever, and, and uh, he, he, goes, uh, he gets a phone call. He's big in the FFA community and stuff. He's like a big guy in the, in the cattle uh, world there. He judges all the shows, all this stuff. Like He's like a celebrity in that cattle world. You know, He's like the go-to guy. So he gets a phone call at dinner. Some guy's having trouble impregnating his cow. And so he goes, he gets so off the phone. over and slipped it in. Right, yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, you want to help me impregnate a cow? And I go, how many times I got to fuck it? <laughs> He's like, you're going with me. Like, All right. But so, really, uh, how many times? Yeah, <laughs> but really, sir. Uh, so we go over there, and he, of course, you know, you, you all know what happens. He gets the, the glove, glove on, on yeah. he's up there, and he goes, come here, I want to show you something. I go, okay. So I go over there, and he's shoulder deep in this cow, and he goes, take a good look. See how far I'm up in this cow? I go, yeah. And he goes, you ever hurt my daughter? I'm going to reach up your ass like this. <laughs> 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 
that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You is, get he, it. is he a big intimidating guy? Well, he's, you know, he's a father-in-law. <laughs> so, he's a farmer with guns. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I just see like a Paul Bunyan yeah, style exactly. type guy that gets picked up and throw you. <laughs> Talking about the cow and the hand up the horse's ass. I'll never forget, man. When I was a young teenager, we were sent uh, from Montreal, uh, where I was going to high school, to Prince George, British Columbia, to do an exchange program with uh, their high school band. Yeah, whatever. I was a band geek, whatever. And um, but I was also athletic. So fuck. <laughs> um, he did magic and band in high school. You were not popular at all. And I played on my high school basketball team, volleyball team, played baseball to AAA levels. So yeah, oh, shit. I just didn't like school. I like yeah, <laughs> it was like everything arts. else. I yeah. any, anything else, as long as it wasn't like book driven, you know. Right. And, um, but we went to this experimental farm in Prince George, British Columbia, where to show you the digestive systems, the inner digestive of a cow, they actually cut out an giant portion, like a, like a submarine window size. Oh, okay. yeah. And put a plastic uh, um, thing up there, but it also had the plasticking so that people can then put their hands I've in. I've seen those, yeah. I put my hand <laughs> into a cow <laughs> and not through an orifice. Like, it was an orifice, but right. it was a man-made created orifice. That's so bizarre. Yeah, for real. But I got the... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you stunned Matt's by this? face is just they're so... Doing good, you they're doing you good have zero business being stunned over anything. <laughs> Matt, I'm sure you put your hands in a couple cows. <laughs> <laughs> I know of... T- oh, <laughs> man, man, that ain't no bull. All right, let's move on. Oh, my let's God. It's coming all day. Gonna, if we're going to keep doing it, I'm going to keep throwing is, the bad puns. Jeez. You're, you're really milking that, you know? <laughs> you know what? It was pretty cheesy. Can I tell it you what I feel cheesy. the worst for here right now? Can I tell you what I feel the worst? Our two young intern engineers that have to sit through your bullshit right they're now. Gonna, they're going to Felix all looks this like he wants, he's throwing up his Chick-fil-A. No one does Chick-fil-A. He's like, I just got graduated school, audio engineering oh, school for this. For this. Shit. For this <laughs> shit. Puns for now. They went, in, <laughs> they went in as fried nuggets. They came out as grilled nuggets. Enjoy, man. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> you are more of a grilled uh, nugget. How are we on time, actually, there, Mr. Producer? All right, good. We're good. I am. Um, I've had such a long day, so I honestly, my day's just been going. So I don't know where we're at for time, even. Um, so tell me a bit about um, uh, the uh, the film stuff. Um, yeah. When you are on the road, are you able to? Because obviously, we all know to do film in any type of production, it's not a one man operation. You're working right. with a team of people. How do those type of people interact and work with someone like you, who needs to make their livelihood on the road as much as you do? Because I don't think a lot of people that and certainly it's not something that's ever talked very often in podcasts. But for guys to have these side projects, I don't think people appreciate how difficult it is to maintain those relationships to yeah. have those side projects. Yeah, it takes. I mean, I'm a workaholic, and so I was. Even on set, we were doing 10, 11-hour shooting days, something like that. We were shooting from, we would start at 6 in the morning to prep. Crew would arrive at 7, and then we would start filming at 8, and we'd be filming till about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and then we'd wrap, and I would be up uh, getting stuff ready for the next day and getting, you know, timelines set up and everything. So I'd be up until 1 or 2 in the morning go to sleep and then wake up at five and do it all when over again. When you're deep into production, do you find yeah. your stand-up is better? Do you find it's more refined, more polished? Or do you find that it actually kind of hurts a little bit because it's uh, you're flexing a different muscle during the day? Uh, I don't see it. I think it's a, it might be a little bit sharper just because I don't have 
that uh, I know I have only X amount of time to prep something. You know what I mean? So when you when you go up on stage, I, I usually do like a loose set list on mine. You know, I know I know what I want to talk about and, and but where you don't it goes. Have, you're not the type of act that needs to adhere to an no, order. No, 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 you no, have no. the ability to bounce and just yeah. if you feel it's not connecting or it's too old right. a crowd or too young a crowd, you can just drop it. Yeah, well, last night I did, uh, that closer I did last night, you saw yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it was all rift. I had... No, I've not told that story out loud. Hey, I am and, paying uh, you for sorry. written clothes. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, what <laughs> the fuck comes out in these podcasts? It was. <laughs> it all worked, Rick. It all worked. But it was. Uh, there was a guy I in the military closer. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's like it's like that kind of sporadic where it's you know uh, you you know you, you keep a couple in your pocket in case something doesn't happen or whatever. I'm that kind of guy where it's like yeah. we'll try this, we'll do this, sure. and if it's not working, then you know you that that's what I always kind of tell a, younger a good guys comic too. Always leaves themselves that piece of the cookie in his pocket. Gotta have something in your pocket. There's audiences that need it and sometimes that piece of the cookie comes out first joke yeah. because <laughs> it's, it's exactly. that fucking audience. It's one of those nights where you're like, well, this is uh, <laughs> throwing that out right away. <laughs> Work on the other closer. shit. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Can I tell you the worst bombing I ever had? This, this is okay. Yeah, please, this, this is why we do these. This shows. is the worst. Yeah. So no, it wasn't last night. Actually, <laughs> this is your worst bombing story. Oh, everyone's yes. heard this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm down south in Alabama, so that kind of sets up everything you need to know. And I'm in. Uh, I'm playing the Stardome, and uh, the week is going phenomenal. It's a long week. It's Tuesday through Sunday there, and so Tuesday night wow. we're sold out. It's great. Sold out on a Tuesday. Insane. Uh, I almost sell out of T-shirts on a Tuesday night. Like that's how crazy this club was. My first time there, the whole thing. So, Where is this in Alabama? Uh, Stardome is in Birmingham. The prison. Spell it slowly so Matt can write. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> so Wednesday night or Tuesday night, the guy approaches me. He's he's, uh, he's work. He's trying to get into film, and so he wants to. Uh, he was like, "Can I come and bring my equipment the next two days and film uh, for a DVD? And I'll give you all the footage. I just need to test it out." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> so. This guy comes the next night, Wednesday, sold it out again. Three cameras shoot, the whole deal. I'm, I sold out of all my T-shirts. Not I'm real. on cloud nine, on right? On a Wednesday. I'm like, this is great. Where has this club been? The whole deal. Thursday night gets here, and it's, uh, it's uh, like ticket giveaway night. And uh, they tell me, they come to me, and they say, oh, by the way, we switched up your opener. Um, you're going to love this guy. He's just like you. He's high energy. He's great. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And he's like, he's a big guy around here. Which he, is not, first of all, by the way, that's a, first of all, like, you know they're death. not a comic club owner because a high energy headliner doesn't want a high energy exactly. act opening up for them. No, never. never. And so the guy's like, oh, we won a bunch of contests here and this and I'm like, oh, okay. So I meet this guy, uh, super cool guy, but he's like on stage, he's like Robin Williams meets Cedric the Entertainer. Like it's that kind of blend. The audience is all black. I'm the only white guy within fucking 10 and, miles. And Tuesday, Wednesday, there were white audiences? Yeah, all, yeah. Pretty good mix or predominantly white. And so this crowd is all black, sold out, 300 seats, the whole deal. Uh, and they have, this guy brought guest spots with him. Three guest spots Three. that have all been on Def Comedy Jam and BET and all Please this stuff. Please welcome Hurricane. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Something like that. So 
I'm in the green room and these guys just going up and they're smash, just smashing, smashing, smash. And I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be rough. <laughs> so then the feature goes up and they bring him up and they're like, this guy's Ricky Smiley's opener on world tour. He's one funniest guy in Alabama three years and running. <laughs> You've seen him on BET. You've seen him on Def Comedy Jam. You've seen him on HBO. You've, I mean, like this guy had more credits than I had at the time. All this crazy stuff. This dude comes out and he, you know, uh, he's uh, rap music's playing. He's having the crowd like he's cutting off the music, having them sing. He's singing. He they're singing. He uh, gets out a newspaper at one point and he's doing just riffing about local news. <laughs> he's doing stuff like y'all have been on Third Street and the crowd's like, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know where Third Street is. <laughs> Dude's murdering. And I'm in the green room like, oh my god, I am so oh white. God. I'm so I dead. Am yeah. So, white. <laughs> so I'm in the I'm I'm in the back and I'm and I'm watching everything on this TV in the green room. And I'm just, and I'm just hear the roars coming. I mean, the place is rattling and I'm like, oh my God. So I go, yeah, you have one of those moments. Uh, Cause I have, I have very, not really a big ego. Like you guys, I'm just very like, ah, cool, whatever kind of guy. I'm in the green room. And it's one of those times where you're like, it's time to be a man. <laughs> so I turn off the TV and I'm like, doesn't matter what's going on out there. I'm going to go out there and do my thing. <laughs> There's a reason I'm going last. <laughs> like, you know, you're prepping yourself for war. You know, you're like, I'm going to storm the bridge. You know, war in the green room, just like <laughs> crying, putting war paint on. It's time to be a man. Taking steroids. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to open with my closer. I'm coming out swinging. Like, they don't even know it's going to hit him. So this guy closes out, half standing ovation, the whole deal. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I get up there, open my closer. Bam! Nothing. Cricket. I mean, oh, nothing. Cricket. Not even like a chuckle. And I was like, okay. <laughs> In your mind, you're just like, well, what now? <laughs> it's like a ship going down. You're like, what do we need to grab? <laughs> so... So I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, doing whatever. And there's a lady in the front row and she's, she's being a little chatty. So I'm like, oh, well, urban crowds love when you kind of roast people. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to roast this chick. I'm going to get him on my side. This is going to be great. So I go after this lady and not happening. Like she fucking shuts me down. <laughs> the crowd's <laughs> on her side. I have no, because you know, what goes with roast, like the crowd has to like you before like Absolutely. crowd work. Dude, I, I stress so much how likability <laughs> oh. is one of the greatest. Yes. If you are given the gift of being likable, and it is a gift, man. Yes. It And if you can ride that in your comedy career, it is magical. It's huge. It is. It puts mm -hmm. you categories above every other that, video. That's why it doesn't work when guys you ever see a guy go up on stage and there's a heckler right away and within the first like minute or two they go after him you cannot do that you have to win over the room well yes and no I will say you, this like, some people just have that instant like ability well like, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, walk yeah. On, I swear you, I walk on. Not, no, not I, you, man. Not you. I'll, not, not you, man. I'll, I'll <laughs> often, no, definitely not. <laughs> not you, man. I, I often beat the shit out of the crowd right off the top. Like, right. You know, but I, I, I know I've been very lucky. Yeah. I've been blessed that when I get up on stage, just with my smile and how I have a likability. Yeah, you demeanor to yourself, yeah. And Most I, comics don't have that. A lot of, <laughs> oh, no, a lot of comics yeah. don't. Uh, you're 100% right. But, yeah, and um, that crowd will, because they don't know you. Rob and they're Little, like, Rob Little to me has that. Rob Little Rob has incredible like Jeff Dye is another likable guy. Guy where you're like, um, yeah. Again, not Matt Broom. Right, <laughs> exactly. You yeah. could, you should do Thursdays at that um, club. Though. You should do Thursdays. <laughs> I know. And, and, and close I, it out. And close I, it out. I, I don't do well on urban shows. We can, <laughs> even, we can even rename it Not Likable Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know I did crack at eight at twelve. They don't know that I did crack at twelve. 
So I'm there. I'm trying to dig myself out of this giant hole I put myself in. And, uh, and finally, this dude in the back yells at me, and he goes, you ain't funny. And uh, he had like a little, like a weird voice. And I'm like, all right, here's my chance. I'm going to go after this guy. I'm going to shut him down. This is my last chance to like get this crowd on my side, right? It's like five minutes in. <laughs> so I go after this dude. And uh, I go, what'd you say? And he goes, I said, you ain't funny. <laughs> and I go, you have a weird voice, something going on, da, da, da. And, and, uh, and so I, I, I mentioned that he has a weird voice, and he goes, I'm mentally handicapped. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for a cerebral palsy. I don't know why. I, was Bruh. Just, I thought a voice Bruh. box, maybe, or something. Mm, That's yeah. what I was thinking. So I go, well, at least so you, you got the so park up point, front. <laughs> Crowd not having it. <laughs> Boo! So you're God. killing Killing <laughs> myself. So, and <laughs> you're five it, minutes in. Five minutes. Is in. this your worst bombing ever, though? Yes. You think? This is terrible. So I, so I'm like, oh my god. So it's one of those times where you look at your watch and you're like, how much time do I have left? Forty, <laughs> more 40 minutes. minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, going on cruise control. So that's all. You know, I'm just like, just going through good. my bits. That's when you go. This is a good room to rehearse. <laughs> yep. I'm just doing it. And then uh, because this club is so great. I see the guys, and I only have like a couple T-shirts left, and but I'm mainly handing out cards and stuff after the show, so people can find me on Twitter and stuff like that. And I just see them in the back of the room, and they're wheeling out my suitcase full of like cards and, and a few T-shirts I have left, like during like when people are doing the check drop, and I was like, no, <laughs> I, was my, I don't want to go outside. I'm not, I'm not going out there. No. So I'm outside. Just take it away. Put a sign up there. Help yourself. <laughs> I didn't know how to stop him. Just stop the show. Wait a minute. Hold on. Don't take that out. <laughs> so I'm outside after the show, and they set me up right next to the dude he just murdered. He's This dude is selling headshots for $5, towels, coffee mugs, shit like this. And I'm talking, people are taking pictures with the dude, and, and urban crowds are very young. Honest. Like they come up to me oh, and, yeah. and they were like, "Oh man, you were great." And then you get to me and they're like, "You ain't shit, man." Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, "Thank you, thank you for coming wow. out. Here's a card. Follow Appreciate me on you. Twitter." <laughs> yeah. So I just had to stand there and just take the abuse. Like 300 people just walking by, being like, "You ain't shit." Uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I can promise you, you, friends, there is no worse job in the world when it is going badly mm-hmm. than stand up because there's no other job in the world with the exception of being an athlete. Uh, where you have all the eyes in the place of business focused on you. Yeah. And when you're an athlete, you're usually you're surrounded by a team of guys, so there's yeah. other assholes to blame it on. But when you are dying as a stand-up comic by yourself, there is no more painful gut-churning. Like, you literally feel the pit of your stomach while you're... You could have just eaten a meal, and it feels empty. Yeah. You feel and they have the chance to like give you an instant review. There's no, right. oh, yeah, I mean, they're to your face being like, immediate. <laughs> immediate. I remember I called Colin Moulton, who's one of my good friends, like a brother to me. I yeah, love I Colin. Colin. And uh, so I called Colin afterwards. I and just saw go, him actually too. We, oh, yeah. we were just together. He came back to do a corporate in Minnesota, so he popped in, so we hung out. He's up. wonderful. I love Colin. Yeah, me, him, and uh, Shuby actually. Jimmy oh, Shuby. okay. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's great too. And so I called Colin and I go, hey, man, uh, I think I'm done, man. <laughs> I remember telling him the story, and I go, I, don't, I don't think I'm. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive home tonight. I think I'm done with stand up. <laughs> and he goes, he paused for a minute. He goes, God, finally. <laughs> goes, Maybe some weeks will open up. <laughs> I was gonna say, 
can I have your dates? Exactly, exactly. What do you have coming up? Uh, exactly, exactly. Like That's where my head would have went. Right. I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. I was like, yeah, I'm not. Jack, I know you haven't been added back. long, but out of curiosity, yeah. what was your worst bombing? You know, I we I thought we talked about this. We I mean, may have actually. We talked. I think we talked about just getting heckled and, and hosting. I think maybe that was one of it. But I mean, I haven't done a lot of weird shows, and um, I mean, I've bombed. When have you had a good show? Just <laughs> coming from the guy this who's guy, late. Guy. Yeah, everybody's bang, banging on me, so I was going for it. I, I stick oh, around him as much as possible funny. so I can I'm look good. Promise you. So it'll sound like he's dying. <laughs> I think it was still at the comedy spot when I was hosting there, and and uh, I was maybe my third time hosting. I mean, no, maybe it was first or second time hosting, and I it was the nine thirty show or nine o'clock show, and I just got booed in the first so, fifteen seconds can I, can for I no reason. Sidebar for a second. Then this is my whole rationale. Then on why we always traditionally and how I grew up in comedy and book strong MCs. Why do you put the first guy up on stage to start your show? Everyone knows the expression, start with a bang, kick it off with a bang. Why are you going to put the first guy up there to be the fucking guinea pig, weak-ass guy who's never done it in his life? His third time on stage and you're the MC. I think that's not on your... That's not your fault for bombing. That's just bad placement and bad business. Well, and two, I think the art of him seeing, especially now, is dead. Um, it was dying when I was coming up through the ranks, and I had a, I had an MC. This has been a couple of years ago, but the, I, it was during Thanksgiving week, so a lot of families come out to drink with their brothers and cousins and all that stuff. And this dude who was MCing for me, he opened up the show. First thing out of his mouth was uh, there's some guy had his feet like kicked up on the stage, and he goes, "Get your monkey's feet off my motherfucking stage." Age. First thing out of his mouth. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, as an MC, you can't do you can't be that aggressive. You yeah. can't be That's that, not likable. You're, yeah, he's like, you're 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 there to welcome the crowd, you're there to kick off the show, you're there not only representing the show, but it's also like the club. And so, so a lot of these people, even if they're 60, 70 years old, they've never been to a comedy show before. A lady was here two nights ago, she was 85, and she goes, I've never been to a comedy show before. You were my first one, this has been great, da-da-da. And it was like, so you never know whose first time it is, whose first experience it is, and you're kicking off the show being like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and you're like, all right, let's and that's, and that's why all I knew going on that stage was don't ruin the show. Right, that's yeah, Literally, yeah. don't make it hard for the headliner. That's all I heard. Yeah. And I didn't know how to do that. I didn't yeah. know what to do. I was, it was, it was, it was that Because nobody's telling him season anymore. It was a table Well, you guys do, which is great. Well, for me, though, you got to remember, though, I mean, and, and you know this a bit about me, Michael. I grew, growing up in Montreal, you know, and not just in comedy clubs, but also just how the Just for Laughs Festival was run, the shows were often built around the MC, and I've always looked at an MC at a comedy club the same way I look at a talk show host on a talk show. Um, yeah. I, you know, the MC's up all night. He goes up first, leaves, comes back, leaves, introduces everyone. Yeah. David Letterman, Johnny Carson, introduces someone, they do their thing, introduces someone else. But the consistent factor on those shows and the driving force behind those shows and the star really behind those shows are the actual hosts. Yeah. Why is there not more emphasis in comedy on a hosting position? I'm a fir- You go to New York and you go work out at the cellar if you're lucky enough to ever get put onto the cellar. Your MC that night is probably a guy like Artie Lang. It was a touring. It's a touring headliner that yeah. just happens to be at home that night and wants some stage time and as a good MC. That's how it was. But back one, of the, in- one of the ways that we got good growing up were the MCs were so strong that when we were features and split features, that if we didn't want to 
feel like ass, we got good quick. Yeah. yeah. That's how it was in Indiana at Morty's when I, when I started working there. They, they would use, uh, like, off-tour headliners. The, the local headliners. Yeah, exactly. There, they would come in, and, yeah, they do 10 minutes up top and because they, they knew their shit. They knew what, what the do's and don'ts. They knew to be a little cleaner and stuff like that. I mean, now these MCs... Again, I think it speaks from that uh, from that YouTube generation. I hate to sound like an old man, but it is that where everybody's a celebrity now, quote unquote. They think that like just because they have a, a spot at the Chuckle Hut or whatever, that it's their show, and so they bill it that way. They spread you know that way. Come see my show this weekend. Da, da, da. You're not the headliner yet. Your job is to set it up for everybody else, and they have and set the evening up for no, the, but for the I, crowd. I will say, the, the, but to play devil's advocate, you know what the benefit of that side is too, though, yeah. when the features and MCs are good self promotion Motors, it well, is benefiting yeah. the headliner who's on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, hey, if these guys can put asses in the chair, yeah. you're going to make them laugh anyhow. Exactly. But I'm, I'm talking about the ego part that goes along with it. Saying, like, oh, this is my show. And so then they're doing, like, anal material <laughs> up top of the show or calling people motherfuckers right at the front. And you're like, hey, man, <laughs> it's not your show. <laughs> you so can't just come out like Note to self, that. Matt cannot MC. <laughs> 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 uh, it's not gonna be clean. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad bombing. Do you do you have a bad bombing story? I do. I was do. Was it opening for Michael Malone? <laughs> it, it was. No, well, it, we, you we're the black guy that we're in Alabama. I don't believe it. You so much. Show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was my fourth year winning yeah, best in Alabama. <laughs> I've never seen a comic tour with co- another handle broke. Uh, Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This dude doesn't fly anywhere. He just drives <laughs> carefully. <laughs> Cross country. <laughs> I was doing uh, in Pine Top. Uh, Mark Cordes called me because he got sent to do this corporate thing. And he's like, hey, can you go fill in? He didn't really give me any information. He's like, you're going to do an hour. It's And it was at this country club in Pine Top. It was a, like a Republican Party thing. And I got there and everyone was over 70. Like they were, it was the end of a conference and I had to go up and do an hour. And same thing, I did my, I, this was so long, I think I probably had 23 minutes time that I could actually do at the time. Yeah. So but, not a lot's changed. No, yeah, I've got two more minutes now. So I was actually, I was going to say, I think you're now, worked at, now that we cut some of this, it wasn't working. That's true. It's a hot 15. 15? I missed. Yeah. Well, the, I get the announcements for three minutes. So the announcements take up a good portion of the time. Yeah, there's nothing. Matt's best friend, long MC lead. Long MC The bathroom's in the back. Let's turn that phone off. Get your monkey feet off my fucking <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm gonna be here all day. Try I, be- the angle. I believe you. I believe you omitted the motherfucker. So the bombing. Go on. Bombing. Yeah. Uh, so I had to do an hour. I really only had 23 minutes, but I, it was $750. And when you're first starting, you're like, a lot of I'm money. done. It. I'm going. That's yeah. still a, hey, for a lot, that's still a great paying gig for a lot of comics in this day and age. Yeah. Unfortunately, comedy is still one of those things that people think it's a $100 night, you know? It's always right. a sliding it's, scale. Yeah. It is a sliding scale. I get up there, I do my first, and I'm like, I, I do my first bit that I think is going to just destroy out the <laughs> gates and crickets. And, and just like Mike said, as soon as you, when you have something in your head, Serves that's you right go. for stealing Michael Malone's <laughs> opening bit, <laughs> which was his closing bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work for me either. I thought, I thought maybe if I put a little tan on this, it's going to work better. Yeah. It didn't. And then I, and well, then I just I riffed just, it, so that's why. I went through. 
I, I panicked and went through all my jokes like super you know, I'm sorry, speed. Sorry. Now that I think about it, can you please riff all your closers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do any of the written shit. <laughs> go with the riffing. Just, go, just whatever you're thinking about at the moment. <laughs> sorry, Matt. No, it's okay. No, I'm really not, actually. Uh, you're not. I, I know you're not. I know you're, it's not even that good of a story now that we've had all these interruptions. It's, it's not even worth coming back question. to. Right. Uh, I bumped. I was going to say I bumped. I, I, mean, I, I walked half the crowd. Did you 15? And there were 70. Mike's got a joke about it, but it, actually that's what it looked like. like <laughs> it was wheelchairs going out of the building, and I'm like, this is the worst. The guy came up to me Hang afterwards. Hang on, if you walked wheelchairs, that makes you a god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they I'm came good. in, they rolled in, they walked out. <laughs> that's how shit I am. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> the guy came up to me and he's like, "That was the worst show I've ever seen no. in my life." But then he gave me the check and I was so happy. And then the <laughs> staff came up and they're like, "That was the greatest show I've ever seen <laughs> in my life." All right, yeah. let, let's let's flip this on its ear, yeah. Michael. What was your? Do you remember your best show? And oh, yeah. and, and, I know, and I know what's interesting about this answer for many comedians is. Sometimes the best show doesn't always mean it was like on the biggest stage or on right, yeah. this TV credit. It was just because it was one of those nights where I always describe my best shows this way, where you just feel you have the audience literally in the yeah. palm of your hand and you can take them on a roller coaster ride. And no matter where you go, they are with you. You get applause breaks where you've never had applause breaks, where you yeah. usually get applause breaks. You're practically getting ovation. Like, it's those type of moments. But I can understand how people also confuse it with, you know, your greatest show, and they're like, yeah. oh, Tonight Show with Carson. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was at the House of Comedy in Minnesota. No, I was... <laughs> you had great shows. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. It was a Wednesday in Alabama. It was a Wednesday. I'll never forget Thursday. <laughs> uh, I, was, uh, I was hanging out with uh, Brad Williams, and Brad and I are good friends, and he was doing the Brie Improv one night, like, an, like a Thursday night, and he was just like, hey, do you want to come hang and do a set? And I was like, yeah, of course. And so I went up there with him, and it was one of those magical nights where it's just it's just packed to the brim on a Thursday night, like standing room only. Um, it's Brad's crowd, which is always like younger, energetic, and they energetic. love the energy. Oh, they, oh man, they love that Brad's high energy Mr. stuff. Energy, yeah. yeah, and uh, and uh, just take them anyway. It was like you said, it was just like hit after hit. You could do anything up there, and it was so great. And um, I got a standing ovation from the middle spot. And I was like, well, that's a first. <laughs> and that feels good when you're like, wow. holy shit, this is great. Like, you, you know, you feel like, man, I really, really did something here. And it was great. Cause, you know, and I didn't have to worry because Brad is such a fucking killer that I didn't have to be like, oh, no. Or what sure. And Brad got up there and just fucking destroyed, of course, and got a standing ovation himself and yada, yada. But so it was, what, 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 if you recall, what, just out of curiosity, what did you get paid for that show? Oh, man, maybe... Maybe a hundred dollars. And did you care? No. Exactly. And that show on Wednesday night in Alabama, or Thursday night right. in Alabama. <laughs> if they had to ask you to work in the exact same scenario oh. again in the exact same settings with the exact same outcome, everything was going to be the same. How much would you want for that? Oh gig? God, at least ten grand. Exactly. <laughs> right. take right. no, the reason I make that point is because isn't that an amazing about it? Because when our job is going great, yeah. it's a job we would do for free. Yeah. Yeah. It's a job we would do. For, I mean, we need the money. We need to survive. It's already struggling yeah. hardest to begin with in this industry. Yeah. But it's. Uh, I love that about our art, you know, because 
I think other people that have the best days at their jobs still want to get paid for it at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. If you're doing data entry, your best day of data entry, you want your fucking paycheck. <laughs> exactly. Our exactly. best day on a stand. I would take a standing ovation on a live taping of any TV show that I ever did with the hottest crowd in the world and say, wave my money. Yeah, exactly. Because that video is going to be worth a hell of a lot more to me. And it's always fun when you are working with friends and people you respect, like when something like that happens and they get to witness it. You got, right you're there. like, yeah, man, what's up? <laughs> it's pretty good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to be like, yeah. You don't have to do that show for 10 grand because Matt will do it for seven. Right. <laughs> so that's all that matters. I'll do it for free. He said, he said he had two amazing shows and one bad show. I'll do that for yeah. free. Right and there. the rest of the weekend yeah. was great. It was like one of those I'm things sure where you're just like, ah, this was the most painful thing. It's uh, it's a great, it's really a fabulous feeling when you have an audience that way, and uh, and they talk about it all. I mean, we've heard many comics and many podcasts talk about the high of it all, Uh, but it really is true when you're killing like that. There's a high that takes. I mean, you can't replace it with any drug. Yeah, any drug. The worst is when you have like a really hot early show like that, where it's just like bam, 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 and maybe the. Late show's a little light, or they're just not as energetic. And then you do that late show, or at the end of the week, you have a great, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're just like killing, and then Sunday, and it's, you know, maybe 20 people are there, and you're like, oh, man, last night I was the man. (laughs) You still do well, but you're not like... This past New Year's (sighs) Eve, I would pay the Lord Almighty to have flipped the audiences around, because our early show crowd was a great amazing just fire fantastic fired up. fired up great show the yeah. type of show where every comic wants to shake hands with the audience after the show because yeah. they know they're getting kudo after kudo after kudo yeah and then the late show i could not wait for <laughs> new year's 2019 <laughs> soon enough yeah yeah it's it weird those ugly. new year's shows are always uh it's it's or always it's like a hit a hit or miss like it's either it's going to be one or the other because either people are partying too early yeah. and they're just kind of like well we're here or new they're year's out on a too saturday late. is probably the worst yeah. night in the world to perform yeah i will and halloween because people behind yeah. the guise of their masks thinks they can do whatever the hell they want yeah i uh i stopped doing fourth of july weekends and i stopped doing halloween weekend is shows that a t- and fourth stuff. of july tough one to do is yeah because it too family driven too yeah too family driven and i do, i work the midwest a lot because that's where a lot of the money is and so that's where all the funny bones and improvs and shit like that are and so you go out there to do those shows and in in the midwest it's only sunny two months a year and so you're doing it on the fourth of july when everybody has it off it's summer they only get you know sunshine there two months out of the year and so it's like i'm not fucking coming inside to watch your stupid show (laughs) i mean like uh colin mullen i did a show it was my last uh Fourth of July, I did. We did the Dayton Funny Bone together way back in the day, and um, we we went Goodwill shopping uh, before the show and got outfits to play characters after the, after we got off stage, and we brought a, bought a bunch of random items to sell. And so we had the MC um, come on stage after us and say, "Hey, you guys, stick around. Um, Colin and Michael tour with the guy who brings out their merch and sells them. So they're going to bring out their merch here in a minute. So just be nice to them, whatever." And Colin and I come out as characters, <laughs> as these two hillbilly kind of roadie guys, <laughs> and we're and He's like describing all the weird shit we're pulling out, and I'm fucking acting it out and doing all this great stuff. And afterwards, we stayed in character, and everybody was leaving. We had it all set up. We didn't sell CDs or T-shirts. We sold the merch we brought with us for like a dollar, two bucks, whatever we had. <laughs> and we stayed in character even afterwards. And people were like, "Great show." We're like, "Oh, we'll let them know. <laughs> you know. They're great. You know, like treat us real well. <laughs> Can we get pictures? Sure, can. I mean, calling them back there, <laughs> stole back. Most fun ever." <laughs> 
and then you stopped doing them. Right. So, yeah. Because it was like, <laughs> it was yeah, still, uh, yeah, you can't do that every year. <laughs> a lot of clubs don't uh, really like that. <laughs> All right. So and before uh, before we wrap here, um, what's uh, anything? On, I know you mentioned the film. Anything else yeah. on the horizon we should be uh, letting our friends know about? And uh, also, yeah. uh, please uh, share with them uh, your uh, social media information. Yeah, well. everything is at Malone Comedy. Uh, you have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram if you're nasty. Everything's at Malone Comedy. I have tons of clips up on MaloneComedy.com. Uh, I have a clip I'm trying to get out there now. It's, it's got a bunch of hits called it's, I'm doing Bob Ross, and I'm just, sl- it. I'm just slowly slowly losing my mind as Bob Ross as uh, he paints. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, so check that out yeah, at MaloneComedy.com. And by the way, for other club owners that might be listening out there, because I have a few buddies, uh, Mike, uh, Michael's one of those guys that does a great job with pre-promotion as well, the video you put together. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And it's those things that are important in this day and age of, uh, of social media, snagging the millennial audience and the Gen Zs, whoever the hell they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. And uh, project-wise? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just working on uh, a few things now. Like I said, the Comedy Central project's coming out, which would be really great. I think it comes out in March, so look for that. It's called Badass Bitches of History, and it's with Jenny Zagrino, who's wonderful. Awesome. Uh, and I just put out an album uh, in October, late October called Live from Tucson, the uh, sister city here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Did you actually record in Tucson? Yeah, I recorded it at uh, Laughs. At Laughs. Uh, right okay. Yeah, it's just a great, it's a low ceiling, it packs it in, it's such a fun I crowd. Know, as yeah. to these, really. <laughs> No, really no, high. So, yeah, no. no, I can get it. Whatever, Michael Malone, it's fine. That's good. No. Good. And how many weeks a year does laugh at? In all their clubs? I'm sorry, what? Uh, what? Oh, we've run out of time. Producer Felix, look at that. Well, Michael, always a pleasure, buddy. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You, thank thank you, thank weekend. you. By the way, Tammy says hello. Yes, and thank she, you. She, you might see her. She was supposed to come here and bring me some food. but <laughs> Who knows? Otherwise, tomorrow you'll see her. Yes, for sure. Anyhow. But, uh, folks, uh, again, I encourage you to uh, definitely go check out a Michael Malone show when he is in your local comedy club. I even encourage you to go check out a Jack Galvin show. I even encourage you to ch- listen to Felix um, uh, come into his house and just listen to him acoustic and audio engineer anything. I highly discourage you from going to see a Matt Broom show. <laughs> <laughs> highly, highly discouraged. Yeah, go see Buck first. <laughs> Buck, where are you at, Buck? I'm everywhere. Buck is everywhere. <laughs> He's everywhere. Buck is all-knowing and omnipotent. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thanks for checking us out here on the Crack House and and uh, uh, check us out um, uh, online and uh, definitely uh, download uh, all these uh, all these shows that we're going to be providing for you here right over there. Mark Silverstein, videography and photography. And you better believe he's drone certified. Email him at markallensilverstein at gmail.com. That's Mark with a C, Allen, A-L-A-N, Silverstein at gmail.com or call 847-687-5155. 847-687-5155. For Mark Silverstein, videography and photography, once again, drone certified. Big Big Pine Pine Comedy Comedy Festival, Festival. September September 19th to 22nd 22nd in downtown Flagstaff, Arizona. Arizona. Check Check us out online at bigpinecomedyfestival.com.